This is wild, but Darren Levy, thank, welcome to the Building Bridges podcast, mate. Fuck, I can't believe it, you're here. <laughs> Thanks, How, have you been, man? How have you been? Uh, interesting times. I feel like I'm in a movie at the moment. Uh, so we're, we're in lockdown at the moment here in Melbourne uh, for our sixth time uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. And um, it's interesting, this one, because tensions are rising in the public i'm I'm pretty i'm pretty fortunate because like although i'm not able to continue my funny uber rides i'm able to still make content in any way shape or form that i like so like i can stay sane with that but it's very noticeable that the city is starting to to bubble and eventually they're going to boil they're gonna i don't know what's going to happen but i'm just kind of like watching it all go down it's fascinating yeah it, it because it's interesting because like australia in January, they had opened up everything. You guys like had to open. Like to be honest, I'm a cricket fan, right? So India, Australia, we love our, we we have this love hate relationship with the cricket team, where we love yeah. the we love how good looking you guys are, but we hate how good you guys are at cricket. <laughs> cricket. Yeah, but in, like in Jan, um, so all the entire stadium was open. You guys had like fifty thousand fucking spectators there, and maskless. So I'm like, damn, you're really open. And then. Whoop, was this was this in Melbourne? It would have been at the MCG. MCG, yeah. MCG, bro. Yeah. MCG is the home for in, in Australia. Yeah. MCG is like. So I think coming back to what I want to get out of this podcast. So I mm. I remember I so I watched like so it's a weird thing with you is I started watching your content during a really really tough time in my life. Um, okay. So I'm in India right now, and if you okay. know that from April to May. India went through a really bad COVID time. Like the COVID was really bad. It was exceptionally bad. We lost a lot of life. Just Mm. an overall horrible time. And I had Mm. tested positive. I remember the date as well. It was 28th of April. I tested Mm. positive. And the next day I was just scrolling through my YouTube. And I don't know what it was. Luke had posted something on his Instagram. Um, uh, Luke Luke And he had posted something on his story. And it was video of you. I think it was the clip where you were like world gym, and he was talking about a world gym, and he was talking about, like you were talking about like how you came back from gymming and all, and be like you had this video, you know, where else are they gonna fuck, right? <laughs> you had this clip, but I think it's really it's a bit more things because during those 15 times, 15 days, which I which I had was which I had COVID. Thankfully, I was asymptomatic. You really helped me. Oh. Yeah, so you, my entire family had tested positive, and you really helped me during those 14 days because I was just like binge watching like two years worth of <laughs> content that you made. And sure. not to get it on a downer, but it really means a lot the fact that I'm able to actually talk to you. And I think one major thing which I want to talk to you is your accessibility with the number of followers and the subscribers. And people see the blue tick, and everyone already jumps to conclusions, you know. Sure. But what how important is that accessibility part to you where you are still accessible like for example you've messaged me like you were able to like message me and all and you must be getting thousands of those but why is it that accessibility so important to you particularly um well just just first of all man i really appreciate the nice words um and and like that that never gets old uh the the whole the whole um I guess like the videos provide a level of escapism for a lot of people. And I guess that's what it provided you. Um, like from the bottom of my heart, I really do appreciate that because that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> so, 
So thank you, man. Um, in terms of the accessibility thing, uh, I think I was thinking about this the other day. I think there are a lot of different types of like creators on YouTube or Instagram or like social media. Um, there's a guy that I follow. His name's Harry Mack. He's a freestyle rapper. I freaking love this guy. And I, the, the, the reason why I like admire him is because he, uh, he is able to freestyle um, like things just off the dome. So people give him words and he does it there. And then it is a genuine talent. And he is like mastering that craft and he's sorry. And he's sharing off that craft He's sharing that craft with the world. So that's his thing. Whereas I come in to the like social media thing. And I think, I think I'm a, I'm a, a hard worker. I know I'm a really, really hard worker, but I don't necessarily have that like uh, unique skill or like, I'm not like a great singer or a great, something something i think i like i think i'm good at a lot of things i think i'm a really hard worker but then so like in that sense i'm like i don't think i'm special i think i'm a hard worker and part of that hard working thing is to um maintain communication with all the people that make this i guess possible um as much as i can you know whilst still staying productive and i think it's like the biggest compliment if somebody wants to have me on their podcast so dude i I'm 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 uh, chuffed, and I appreciate you inviting me on. The podcast. Sorry about that. The podcast. Is this is this also this is a podcast. This is a podcast. Of course, it is. You know, Hell yeah! International podcast. You know. But uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think especially when I look at your content, it's 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 really unique, especially with the content that you pose. You make sure that it's not just like a normal youtube video you make sure there are extra snippets where it's almost like a production and like you have this joke where you you have like it's it's you playing three four different roles you know mm. you have the thing where you have darren from production then you have darren from legal and you have all these different characters that you have but more than anything it's it's like almost like the, i think more than anything and I, that's where i relate to you quite a lot is the importance of storytelling so where did that sense of storytelling kind of came into you? Because I like if anyone sees through your videos, even if it's the stupidest of jokes, you make sure that you give the audience a sense of look. I know, like you know, you make the joke and you're kind of self-aware about it as well. So and you make sure that you add like an extra scene, whether it's like you hugging your car. If someone, let's say, I remember one clip was someone called your Mazda shit car, and then <laughs> next clip is you just hugging your Mazda, saying you're not shit, you're precious to me. So is there these small extra cutscenes? What kind of what kind of made you like kind of include them in your videos? Um, I think like my my editing process for actually all of my videos is uh, take like the it, like let's say it's like a forty five minute uh, trip. Um, I'll I'll cut it down into often it gets cut down into about ten to fifteen minutes. Uh, and then I'll try to cut it more and more so that it's only like the stuff that like really makes me laugh. Um, I think the saying is to kill your darlings because there's a lot of stuff that I cut down and I, I'm like, man, I hate this, but I, I hate the fact that I'm cutting this out, but it makes more sense to some sort of like narrative or something that I'm trying to build. I don't really, I don't really know where I uh, learned how to make a story or anything because uh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't notice that I was um, creating a storyline in like these videos until 
uh, in a setting similar to this, I was complimented on it. And I'm like, oh, that's nice to know. But I, it's not an intentional thing. Um, ultimately, it's like I'm trying to at least keep a smile on people's face or at least get them to like, you know, when you breathe out, like out of your nose, you're like, you know, that kind of laugh every like five to 15 seconds. That's kind of the goal. That's awesome. That's genuinely awesome to hear, man. Like, and a main thing, especially with regarding your videos, was the sense of familiarity with you. Especially like even like most Uber drivers, especially in India, there's no culture of like talking to the Uber driver much. It's more of a Western concept, and maybe Australia. I think Australia keeps on getting getting because you guys aren't the part of the West, right? You guys are almost like just forgotten, right? Yeah. Like the unwanted <laughs> child, like who's just playing by itself. You're in your own fucking world. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just. <laughs> something something's happening there we're forgotten um, about a lot of the time yeah, it's like a lot of the times we're, we're this exotic creature on yeah. the other side of the flat earth and people don't really like get get what we do or why we do it but <laughs> yeah. it's Every, fascinating everyone think everyone tries an aussie accent and everyone thinks they're convicts which is really sad because you got the more than that you know so no we're not it, you know what I found out recently? I found out that the first policemen and women in Australia were the best behaved convicts. So there so, is too. So the stereotypes is true. Well, no, of course we. we I can't say we. I'm, I'm, my family came here in two thousand, but like I, I, I've assimilated with the Australians. I, am, I consider myself Australian. Um, but like Aussies, Aussies, you know, they were, they literally were convicts. Of uh, the, like the, the true blue Aussies. Um, but now, I mean, there's so many internationals here now. It's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's melting it's a, We have it's that a, in common, you know, the British fucked both of us, you know? So. <laughs> the British Dude. fucked a lot of people. A lot of them, a lot. <laughs> lot. But India like, hey, has. Yeah. <laughs> no, go, I go. But no, they, they really liked India, right? So they stayed there for 200 years. And it's literally in our history books, we study about it from grade 3 to grade 12. We study about the history of how the British ruled us over. But it's beautiful. You know, yeah. there's one thing that I, I, um, I don't want to say regret, because it's not really something that I uh, was overly interested in at school, because I was more of like a math science dude. But like, it was never part of our... Uh, uh, like fundamental curriculum to learn about the history of effectively the world. You learn about like here, you learn about Aussie history, but you don't, we don't like, I don't know much about much or anything about like Indian history or Asian history or even American history and stuff. Like I've learned, I've picked up bits and pieces of this from traveling, but nothing really from school. Um, it's such a pity. Cause like now, as I get older, I'm more interested in history. I just, I don't know shit. <laughs> That's all of us. That's, with me, uh, um, especially in the Indian curriculum, we are most Indian focused. Uh, but in my last two years, I didn't do IB, so it's the International Bachelor, which is the really it's like a Swiss board that I do. <clears throat> but more than that, I would I really want to delve into a, a segment in your life that I don't think you've spoken enough about. So you okay. said like you know you spoke. I think everyone once the Steph and the Phoebe conversations and all the, you know, the she's left the key and all that shit. I'm, I will come back to that later, but I'm really more interested because it intrigues me as well. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't born in India. I was born in Dubai. 
I lived there in, for 17 years of my life. So with Dubai is okay. a weird place where you feel like home, but it's actually not your home. You're just a visa or you're just a paper on a yeah. on a passport, and that's pretty much you. That that is yeah. what you are to them. So yeah. you were born in South Africa, right? If I'm not wrong, your family right. from yeah. South Africa. So for the So how was that transition like? And have you like kind of gotten to know your South African side of you, or that side? Or have you spoken to your parents about that? So. Yeah, so I'm I'm very interested in my roots. My my parents. So my mum is my mum's from Cape Town. My dad's from Zimbabwe. Or, or back then it was called Rhodesia when he was born. Um, there's not really like South African roots because then when you go past my yeah. mum and my dad's generations, it's uh it's like Eastern European uh, and Middle Eastern for the most part. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't feel like I have like roots to South Africa because I left there when I was six. And to be honest, like, this is, this is a bit of a, a bit of a cop out of a, of an answer, but like when we moved, I don't remember much. <laughs> like I remember like stuff. You were, six. Right. You were fucking six then. What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember like, I don't remember like cultural stuff. I don't remember it being like a culture shock or anything to come to Australia. I definitely remember like smaller things around safety. Um, you know, in South Africa, you get in the car, you drive somewhere, you lock your doors. That's just a, always a thing because we everybody knows everybody who's been carjacked there. Or I remember coming home sometimes, uh, not sometimes, I remember coming home on an occasion in South Africa when where like our house had been broken into when we weren't at home, uh, thank God. And like, so like, none of that is really a, a thing here in Australia. It's so, don't, don't get me wrong, stuff happens, but it's so safe yeah. uh, by contrast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I'm, I'm super, I'm super interested in, in my roots, uh, particularly like my mom's been like filling out with these lockdowns and everything. She's been filling out the, uh, the family trees and seeing how far back we can go. Yeah. Uh, no, that stuff's cool. So you wait. So you're you're you were born in Dubai. Yeah, I was born in Dubai, but I'm in and so the UAE. So I think people forget. Like people think Dubai is a fucking country, which is kind of sad. Let's just show that how school has failed us all, because <laughs> the country is called United Arab Emirates. It's UAE, okay. but people know Dubai more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm actually. It's actually hilarious how many people actually think Dubai is the it's a country. It's I not. probably. <laughs> I don't think I thought about it front of mind, but I think if somebody would have asked me earlier today, I would have said, yeah, it's a country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it treats itself like one. We're like, we're, we're pretty much like the Melbourne of Australia. Like, yeah. so, we, we know so you, were born, you were born in Dubai. Dubai. I lived my life. Like, so a bit of history about me, you know, flex. Mm. <laughs> my, both my parents were born in India. My mom's from Lucknow, it's a place in the UP. And my dad's from Chandigarh, which is Punjab. It's a place in India. Google it. <laughs> but, uh, so my parents came to Dubai. My dad had got an opportunity. He works in trade, foreign trade. And Dubai at that time was just coming up. Like it was a desert. It was it had just gotten almost like 23, 24 years of independence. It was again with the British. Right. British really love us. Um, but with them, they shifted to they shifted to Dubai for like just my dad. Like, Dubai has this thing where it's a transitional economy where you can you can never live here forever. But you can live here, people come here, earn, and go back to the country. That's pretty much how Dubai works. So 95, uh, it's another funny statistics. The 
the uh, the locals who live there are a minority in the country where 95 percent mm. of the country is are uh, expats and only like four to five percent of the population are locals or even smaller I yes and it's really fascinating just to see the statistics where when my mom and dad did come we it's a weird thing where it's like the immigrant story without the payoff in the end that's what i would consider it i'll tell you why because you don't get a citizenship you don't get a citizenship you get all you don't get you get benefits but you have to get your visa renewed every one or two years like and it's it's almost like a reminder every time um to get your visa renewed where you know that you're not you're not part of this country you're not a citizen here so you need to get renewed again and again so my parents came in 95 my mom and dad they came from delhi to new delhi to dubai and that time dubai was nothing right it was barely population of one million and so throughout the years so they've literally seen people go from ew what is that to ooh that's dubai so they've literally seen the transition and we ended up going back to india in 2019 so they were there for 24 years my mom was there half her life my mom was only 25 when, when she left and she left almost when she was 50. So hmm. the interesting thing with Dubai is, and I was born, so my brother was born in India, uh, but I was born in here, I was born in Dubai. And the sense of identity is really interesting. I don't know if you, I think, I don't know if you felt like that, where I was born in a country that doesn't accept me, but I accept it. Hmm. Where every day I sang the national anthem of the, of the country, both. We used to sing the Indian national anthem and the UAE national anthem. So Dubai is a Muslim country. Quran recitations mm-hmm. like before are uh, so we used to have like where I was. I was in an Indian school. We had our normal uh, assembly. We had a normal uh, prayer. Then prayer came. Up, we had Quran recitations. After Quran recitations, we had uh, the English version, and then we had nothing. And every day we used to, I used to sing two national anthems. One was mm-hmm. UAE, and then one was India. And it's really it's kind of fucked up when you like it's kind of like weird to wrap around your head but i almost like identified with that country where but it, you can never be part of that country you never you can accept its culture and it taught me a lot it's my home you know whenever people say home i'm like kind of like dubai because i spent 17 years there it's mm. weird when do you have you struggled did you like you said that you were really young you were six when you came to australia but did your parents ever struggle with the identity? And I'm going to mention your parents, you know, over here. Is, did, they, did they ever struggle with the sense of identity when they did come to South, from South Africa too? I, I think, um, so my mom, my mom's a, like, she grew up, well, most of her, her life in South Africa when she was like young. So like through her like teens, 20s, 30s, uh, 40s. And um she she still considers herself South African like like that's that's her as you as you referenced it as an identity like she's South African um and she's like you know that that's her home I guess um my dad I think like when we moved here it was like the process of moving here and in order to get the visa like he had to um, like set up a, a, a business that does X amount of turnover and all of this kind of stuff. These are the hoops that you have to um, jump through to become a, a, an Australian citizen because he did it. And there's so much pride around that. Um, 
I feel like he was the quickest to adopt the I am Australian kind of thing. Um, and it was cool. Like he, uh, he is a, is a proud, is a proud Aussie. A lot of people say, oh, you still got a South African accent, but he's like, no, I'm Australian. And he, he like, he's really proud of that and br- like for bringing the family. Um, for me though, like, yes, I identify as Australian, but there is something that I've seen in a lot of, um, in a lot of countries or just almost anyone who lives anywhere else, uh, like patriotism i don't i don't have that that sense of patriotism same. i'm like like same, same. you don't i lived not even years out, so I, out of my out, out of india <laughs> so i was almost 18 when i shifted back to india so but your parents but your parents my parents yes of course and that's i think that's where sorry to cut you off but yeah they do have that sense of patriotism it was this weird sense of patriotism where the more we lived outside dubai the more we lived outside india we, we kind of overcompensated for the patriotism where we made sure that we didn't lose that sense. So mom and my mom, my mom and dad made sure they inculcated with me with all India. We went like way too on the left. Like we, we, yeah. we were like, my mom and dad, my dad especially made sure, you know, we were Indian by heart and every day he made sure we, we knew that. Is that because, is that because um, it's easier to connect with other Indian communities in Dubai if you're, we have that, yeah. I think it was a sense key. We we got really lucky, in the sense that I found a community there. We had a community yeah. called Swajan. So Swajan means togetherness in Hindi or Sanskrit. Swajan okay. means group or community. That's what the uh, translation. Is. So Swajan. So I'm part. Technically, I'm part of the Kais community. That's what okay. I am. I'll explain it to you later. The guys communities, we were like the writers, the poets, the of the kingdoms and all. That's what I come from. It's the term Mathur. So we technically we're from, we're from a place from Mathura, but that's another. We don't need to get historical here. So Mathur, all the names were guys community. We had this Swajan thing, which has been there since the late 70s, where UAE was formed in 71. Within five, six years, you know, you got to have an Indian everywhere, right? <laughs> so uh, we formed this sense of community there which my mom and dad were kind of fell into where uh, it was because we need we need to like send a parcel to dubai and from uh, from my grandma from my grandparents place they knew they had a friend who was living in dubai and then mm. my grandma's friend's brother was living in dubai and she sent a parcel over and that's how we got connected to them so everything's like interconnected that's what mm. i feel like this was it's just meant to be and we just got into that group and that group was family then that yeah. the sense of group i don't have that over here i don't of course you have family here but it's like meeting every we have this thing called we had a potluck without the pot obviously you know it's illegal unfortunately <laughs> but we had a potluck where we used to meet every single month and it's a weird thing when something is just part of your routine you kind of yeah. take it for granted and it's only when you don't have it that you actually miss it so that mm-hmm. was there and it, it was a sense of belongingness that really helped my parents first adjust to this place mm-hmm. and then they passed those values to me and like a lot of us in the group we grew up with each other and another thing that really cemented the status of not friends but family was my granddad so my grandparents used to live with us since 2010 mm-hmm. and 
um, it was hard with grandparents living in another country. It was very difficult the process. And so my granddad passed away in 2014. And it's in, in Hindu culture, we're not allowed to cook for 14 days after the person has died. It's considered bad omen. That's their religious okay. thing. I, 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 I still can't get around it, but I understand. it's almost like bad karma. So the term okay. karma actually comes from the Hindi word karma. Karma means okay. what are your deeds? So yeah. Okay. This is a good and what I found from that was every single day and for the 14 days we got breakfast, lunch and dinner from the people of the community. Mm. From our group that we had the potluck of 12 or 13 families. Breakfast, lunch, mm. dinner for 14 days now. Mm. And for me it was I got emotional in the sense you, you have that support system that's there, which is just Yeah. It's only you can just dream of. And I took, and it's only when I left in 2019 that you, you do miss that. Of course, you do miss. Of course, you have your family, you have your relatives here, but the bonding that you have there, you're bonded by birth, you're bonded by almost a sense of community. Mm. Did you have anything similar? I'm not like similar to what I had, but do you had anything similar experience of community? What was your community like? So, so I was born Jewish, and um, the there are like Jewish communities around the world, uh, which are, I mean, like it, what you were explaining there with, uh, uh, I've, I've, I can't remember the, the, what was the name of the, the group that Swajan, yeah. Swajan. Yeah. Swajan. So, so you like your, the, the, the Swajan group that, um, like brings you food when someone's passed, there's actually a very similar custom, um, in Judaism when somebody passes, uh, your family, it's called sitting Shiva. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember how many days it is. It's something like five or seven days, similar type of thing. You don't really go out. People come visit you and they bring you food and stuff. Cause you're not like, they don't want you to cook or clean the house or anything. Like everybody comes and does stuff for you. Um, so like that, that kind of, uh, yeah, community, I think it's very common in, in like so many different, like cultures religions uh but it it very much does it, it very much is something that that we uh i guess like kind of take for granted um because uh like i i even know like stuff with like whether it's jewish community or i've had this conversation with people in like different types of asian communities greek communities italian communities because we've got all of these little pockets here around melbourne um and i know like people in these pockets and it's it's the same thing we we often tend to complain about the little annoyances that they bring, but we don't realize how freaking great it is to be a part of that, uh, that warmth. Um, because it's often, like you say, like when someone dies or when crisis hits, that they just bring you in for that, that very big hug. So I think um, like for me growing up, it was, it was very much so like the Jewish community. I went to a Jewish school. Um, so that's, that's uh, that. That's the community feel that I had for sure. That's that's really interesting. Also, like you must. Be, <laughs> I think we can get back to the most juicy part of our conversation, and that is your OnlyFans. <laughs> your yeah. no fans. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've done my research on you don't worry i've, I've fucking stalked your facebook mate that's how much i've done it 
but yeah. Cool. What's on the Facebook? You find Did out. You find anything? I just saw like twenty year old Darren. That's it. So. But I think what I'm really intrigued about is your friendship with Steph and Phoebe. Yes. Um, and with me, I, I think I guess I was one of them in the minority, which actually didn't want you guys to date and be friends, which is really okay. it's really strange in the sense that it's almost like. Like I remember the key incident happened and all that. So I was catching up, right? So I was just binge watching your content, like because I mean I had yeah. COVID. I was just like, what's what's wrong with people? Why why can't they be friends? And I'm like, all right, weird thing. So in the sense that you've almost like you've almost become like this like this really close friends between Phoebe and uh, yeah. Steph. So uh, it, let's say in your in your in your conversations in in the sense of you driving Uber. Besides these two people, maybe when you weren't recording, when you weren't recording for funny Uber rides, have you had any connection like this through Uber? Because you've been Ubering for quite a while. So, um, uh, so yeah, no, sorry, finish. Sorry, go. No, on. So, have you made any like friends like these, like the two of them? Like, you know, you really share a bond with them. Have you ever shared a bond with someone else, like while Ubering, when you maybe had not started funny Uber rides? Sure. Um, uh, short answer, no. Uh, Steph and Phoebe are like. It's they're literally just like unicorns. I think to to make friends in that setting, although, like, yes, I know what I show in like my funny Uber ads videos. Uh, it looks like I'm friends with everybody. Mm. It's such a small percentage of the reality of it. Um, and then for, like, unfortunately, a, a, a mentality of a lot of people, even people that are like in the videos um mentality is like it's such a horrible thing to say but it's the reality of it if you're an uber driver um a lot of like people will be courteous and, and polite but it's not necessarily like in that um, setting yeah. it's it's uh it's hard to i guess like make friends i guess and, 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 in fairness, and in fairness like i'm not necessarily not necessarily i'm not looking for that either like yeah. when I, especially now, like the, the, I'm, I've got like my process about it. Uh, and I think it's also, I don't know if I'm like closing myself off to this, but uh, Steph and Phoebe came, uh, came along like in the early days of making the videos yeah. where I wasn't really sure what I was doing. I was just kind of like having, like feeling around in the dark to see what kind of makes sense. And in the process, I made friends along the way. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, it's like, all right, I know exactly like what my, what, what I'm trying to achieve here. Um, of course, like the whole polite and friendly with, with people, but it's a bit of a different uh, mentality. Yeah, if that makes it, is, sense. it is, it is, it's very much. Yeah. Yeah. So lucky though. I mean, like they're just so fucking cool. And, and it's so funny because there's, yes, there's the, there's the, um, you know, like the online version of it. And it's like when people, like when people, when the three of us are like it's turning a little hilarious. bit more on. It's, it's so like, you can, you can, you can actually see the number of virgins in your comments. Like, <laughs> 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 me but included. It's so, it's, so, it's, so, no, it's so nice. It's like, you can see the, the, like when, when Steph and Phoebe are like turning it on a little bit more for the camera and we kind of like know what we're doing. But then mm -hmm. like the other 99% of the time where they're just, 
like the nicest fucking people and they just have like the biggest hearts and they're also just like i don't know they're just chillers it's not i mean that's what happens when you get on with people it's it just kind of makes normal. like i think yeah yeah even though it's like steph does seem like you know she's on something i don't know what it is but you know <laughs> yeah but steph, steph seems like that when she's sober too so like that's <laughs> yes, just that, that, that's just fucking amazing like, like i've never seen someone have 100 energy at all time like she's going max so you've studied science right so you've studied phys- physics so yeah. maximum utilization of a capacitor of our of an engine was also almost around 430 to 35 percent she's working okay. over time she's working at 85 90 95 so that's like yeah. insane like that's almost unheard of because you, you can you know, you, you know what she was doing for work before like the whole lockdown stuff started she was um uh, like personal training she was pretty much doing like three workouts a day like like boom and then on top of that like partying every weekend like incredible social life she's just she's just like go 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 she 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 gets energy from people like proper extroverts it's amazing she is you know i know cuz i mean she's pretty built you know and i'm going to lie like fucking hench man like i think she could like i know in a fight i think she could beat you up and beat all of us up i think Yeah. I love the mashal. Yeah, no, she's like I uh, I've, I've wore this special shirt for you down. Wore a purple shirt for you and I think you'll really like the shorts. Wear like formals but a little bit of shorts as well. So oh, let's go down here. It's a bit I like I got I, I, I don't think you can see it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, didn't, I didn't really see that. I just saw your belly button and I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know it was going to be this type of interview. <laughs> don't think that was going to happen, mate. I'm like, shit, which podcast is this? <laughs> but, um, but I think that's where the importance of, like, I feel the importance of the female energy is in our life. I don't know if you <laughs> felt this during that time. I know it's just friends, but I've, like... to be on i was in my club at school when i was in so i was in i was lived in dubai but i was in the school in sharjah so sharjah is another emirate in uae that's the country so okay. in sharjah i i was in a school called dbia sharjah and uh, i would so the thing with sharjah is you had to have like separate blocks for girls and separate blocks for guys but we were in the same school so we were literally blue balling ourselves all the time <laughs> so okay um but with me it's it's this interesting uh dynamic especially where i was in all boys class from 5th mm. grade to till 4th year covid but then from 5th to 12th you're right. not all boys class it's a very interesting dynamic so what i found is that i was in a so i used to play basketball for school as well so i was in a very male dominated area very alpha and that almost became me like i am quite soft spoken and all outside but on the court i'm a fucking menace like i i like i, I kind of cringe at whenever i see myself play basketball like if something in a video i just like that's me like you almost yeah, have to, you have to like transform you have to transform into self into your most primal sense yeah you have to become that sense ki i this is war right and i remember it, it, that energy was always in me so i was almost like i think most guys do this where we're emotionally almost we don't know how to handle it and i think that's where the mm-hmm. importance of a mother or a sister or any female energy does because that kind of balances us so okay. it's not that that's their only role but that that's a role where they are a lot more in tune with their emotions okay and so in the sense ki in when i was in dubai i didn't have that many i had so the swajan really helped me with the female friends part where 
the interaction with the gender is was almost non-existent in my school but I thank God I had the community where so I could have the thing where I could at least talk to women and talk to girls. I knew how to talk to them and talking like talking to women. If you knew how to talk to them, even if you say hi, hello without stuttering, you're like, whoa, you are a player. <laughs> and with that sense is it's but I didn't have that many f- close female friends. All my friends were guys. And that's when I came back here and I realized to India and I was in this change of boat. Everything was new to me. It's weird. Have you ever like I felt like a tourist in my country? Mm. That it's this weird sense that you don't know your country, but you're from here. So I'm like, that's why I'm like, how the fuck am I Indian? <laughs> I barely know this. But that's the thing. It's that journey. It's a part of the journey. And that's when I started making friends here. I realized that I was more in common, or I was I kind of related with a lot more, lot more females than male, or more more women than men. And it's this mm. interesting thing, especially. The girls my age, I'm able to kind of like because I I'm someone who if you I don't know if you from this conversation I like to get into the deep stuff. I don't like mm. face. like I can do the small talk, but I'm more of a medium talk or a large talk. Sure, same. So do you see that like has how has the relationship of women kind of helped you? Has have you had the sense you have how important have women kind of played in your life? Like you said, both your both your best of friends. It's not a, mm. it's not a, I mean, it might be a coincidence, but Phoebe and, you know, Steph, both are women. Do you think mm. you have the sense of, like, especially on a relatability, do you relate more with women as compared to men, or is that not a case? Uh, with you? Um, so I'm 27 years old. How, how old are you, man? How old are you? I'm 19. I'm 19. Okay. Okay. So I'm 27 years old. And um, it's probably only in the last, like, uh, probably like after after my first heartbreak, which was I think 23, 24. Yeah, I think 20, uh, yeah, 23, something like that. Um, I became a lot more self-aware around when I'm friendly with girls and trying to have sex with them and friendly with girls because I want to be friendly with them. I think a lot of guys blur that, that line. Yeah, I think, and that's, that's how, you know, stereotypically a lot of guys get caught in the friend zone because yeah. I don't think they know where the, the guys don't yeah. even know where that line is, but the girls do often yeah. a lot, a lot of the time, the girls do like they're, they're just by statistically females are a lot more intuitive than guys. Um, so like, at school, like in high school, um, and and uh, and after that, I guess I I've always I've always had like friends who are girls, but I've also had like close guy friends. So like even like now, I have there are like three dudes, like my boys that I've known for a long time. Um, they are like like my best friends, I guess you could say, because they're like almost like childhood friends. Um, like they we we get each other. And then like outside of those circles, um, there are like, yeah, a mixture of like guys and girls. But um, now I think I have much more awareness around like, yeah, if I'm pursuing a girl, I'm pursuing a girl uh, versus someone to be friends with. So like with the Steph and Phoebe comments, for example, um, like, don't get me wrong, they're they're stunning girls. They're very pretty girls. They get a lot of attention from guys because of that um 
I also contextually to like the work I was doing and everything, the, that's always been a platonic thing on my end. It's fun to, to read the comments and see like how, how people like react to it. Um, but in the same way that, in the way that you said before, like there are a lot of virgins that, that take comments. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? <laughs> well, whether they're virgins or not, I think they're, they're probably, they're also. Around my likely, age, I think. They're mostly around my age, I think. Yeah, majority it's, it's around like the 19 to 22 yeah. year, year old, but like outside of just like the whole like stereotypical virgin thing, I think a lot of the time they're not necessarily aware of like whether they're pursuing girls or if they're trying to be friends with girls because you can be friends with girls and still get a lot of that like uh, validation as a guy. Um, but in terms of like female influence in my life, like I'm very close with both my, my mom and my dad, but when my dad, my parents split up when I was 11 and I lived with my mom. So I saw my mom most of the time. I, I definitely have like a, a more like feminine side of me that I'm able yeah. to uh, like access, I guess. Yeah. Um, my mom's like incredibly caring and like mothery. So um, I definitely get a lot of that from her. And that probably, if I was to like psychoanalyze myself, helps me um, relate to, to women or on, on that kind of uh, like feminine uh, level. Having said that, a lot of the girls that I'm friends with are also have like super masculine like uh, traits as well. So like I'm, I just contradicted myself there. I don't know, like... Yeah, I, I, but I think that the masculine stuff is probably more like around sense of humor and vulgarity. I just get a kick up. Um, but you yeah. did talk about that how most people don't know where the line is. You had mentioned, okay, you know, or where they actively pursuing them. I think that's mm -hmm. in general, very few guys actually do have that line, right? It's not like we're almost, a lot of us just don't have that, that, unfortunately. We don't have that maturity and maybe that's the most societal thing that we can get. That's you know, not, not our conversation that we're having right now. But it is, it's an interesting thing to explore at least because that's where, see, Daza, I think. I think we're on a nickname basis, you know. Mm -hmm. you know I, I think we are. What do people call you? What's your nickname? I, my I'm name's Amar. short enough, man. So Aman is like A-M-A-N. Like, oh, you can call me a man, you know. I'm gonna call you the A-man. A-man, yes, the A-man. <laughs> so, so that, so like, I think, I think we can get comfortable with that, you know. But in the sense, we were talking about masculinity, and we were talking. For me, I don't know why. I just like I remember, like women or like the the girls in my life have almost. They're really surprised that I'm this empathetic. That I'm. I don't have an issue with ego. I. Or I'm, it's almost a weird thing where I'm patient and patience is not something that they see with guys. It's not a, it's not something, it's not a very masculine trait, patience. And it kind of surprises them, but they almost like mock me for that. You know, it's just like, have you ever been mocked for not being like, you know, or for not for like, inherently I'm like, I have masculine looks, I have bushy eyebrows, I have, I mean, I have a lot of gesture, you know. You got the jawbone, you got the jawline, I see it. Oh, yep. you got so the sweet. So, yeah. No girl, yeah. you're the first person to actually talk about that, except my mom. <laughs> so, thank you, Darren. Thank you, Darren. Um, but maybe they take it in their mind, but they don't have to, I mean, they just don't tell me. You know. But uh, what I find 
interesting about that was in the sense of masculinity he was not not was never an issue with me. the only time i felt a little insecure was as i said i was in the school team right so i you have i have a shit ton of like hair and i have a lot of chest hair. so we used to change we didn't have locker rooms because i don't know we had we used to change in the bathrooms and i think that what people call the bathroom the locker room talk it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of it is just untrue the, the, the thing that we're talking about women we're we're always objectifying them almost that's not what locker room talk is i think mm. like to be honest unfortunately two three scandals have almost kind of like ruined the name of it but most mm. of it is just the team bonding together and to be honest when you're changing clothes that's when you're, you're at one of your most intimate you know because you're really being intimate with you you're kind of forced into that sense of being comfortable because it's a very uncomfortable thing you know changing clothes in front of someone you're not comfortable with. Okay. but i think what i found especially with regard to the 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 locker room part was i so i used to have because i was changing so i had to change my t-shirt my shorts and everything. i had leggy i had a lot of hair i had a lot of like excess body hair as compared to everyone else mm. so people used to like make fun of me and you know you should get a wax bro you know god damn man <laughs> when did we have indian godzilla so a lot of these jokes this that you know no you know like <laughs> instead of like saving the amazon they can really like they can really save you and stuff like jokes like these you know so okay, it's just okay. it's just like you know it's like in banter as one might say but i think that's the time where i'm like ah oh, it's it hurt for some time and then i'm like nah and they're just fucking around with me but mm-hmm. that that really sparked the idea of what masculinity is and mm-hmm. it's the thing is i think not in a masculinity on a definition is very feature wise very facially and it's not something which we go into deeper sense of what masculinity is and especially you can't even use the term masculinity anymore you know when the term of toxic masculinity has come which is is it's a truth it exists but it's kind of like it's a weird thing where it's on like we're on opposite sides of the spectrum and coming to the middle part is almost really difficult nowadays it's not not that not that's not possible but it's hard so i think we can I, i like to do this thing where i like to let the guests maybe particularly like if they're interested in asking me a question is there anything hmm. you're kind of curious to know me curious to know well, about me well just just on that on that um on that thing uh, do i don't want to put words in your mouth do you feel like uh when the guys were like making jokes about like your leg hair mm-hmm. or like the 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 how did you refer to it earlier as an indian godzilla <laughs> <or> like this <laughs> yeah when 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 the when guys were making these comments and it made you feel a little shit would you now looking back consider that bullying personally to me no but i can understand yeah. but i it's weird thing where context matters and everything yeah. matters in context on the intention the intention maybe initially was trying to put me down but so that's the thing no one talks about your reaction to the joke so if you laugh at it if you laugh at yourself and if you don't make yeah. a big scene about it then the people know that okay you're comfortable with it but the minute you start reacting to it in a negative sense that's when it can maybe because now they have an incentive in the sense that they know that they can get a reaction of you so Agreed. mentally they can think okay this guy we can pick on so it's this weird thing where it's a bit like 
it's a bit like you know when you come to a new group that and it's a very primal thing that i love coming back to the group the tribe where in order to show your authority you know there's a thing that people will test you right to see how mm. you are and we get that from nature we get that from our cavemen ancestors where in sense it was always the survival of the fittest so if you either you sink or you swim right <laughs> but but it made you feel shit at the time it did it definitely um but i again i don't like to make my comparison cuz i knew these people personally and of course it did make me shit and i can understand to an extent it can be bullying it it can be bullying 100% but that's how guys talk that's a, we forgot that but normally on the sense ki we talk about oh. a lot of the, we we kind of like a big fun of us or a facial features and all and i think that brings but again it depends on who can take it and who can't how you know if it, if, yeah, if it reaches someone can you i i think banta cuz that 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 is actually the definition of banta is like subtly putting someone's down someone down in a playful way um but it's also a thing of socialization so uh the purpose of uh making jokes playfully light light now i'm not saying that the the comments that you received were necessarily bent i don't know the context at the time well like i know a little bit of the context at the time but i'm not so i'm not commentating on that but um the process of me being like what's up for eyes and seeing how you respond yeah. is 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 like contextual to this i would hope that i mean that was a pretty like low hanging fruit for me to yeah. to make that joke yeah. but i would hope that in a perfect world if i make that comment or i make that banterous joke or like line that you would respond with some sort of playfulness back and yeah. then we've yeah. identified that that okay yeah. we're on the same we're on the same or uh, or, or in mindset, the sense but, yeah or in the sense ki you kind of make the joke back at it. instead of like saying something like you said ki you know what's up for eyes and i'm like huh really i do <laughs> like but, but but then if you if you if you respond um not so favorably maybe you're offended or maybe you're just quiet or whatever yeah. then there's different levels and i'm not saying that like i'm more socialized for that but it's different levels or different like types of socialization and at and and at school at school um the range of socialization is so different that i think I think yeah sometimes it's like straight up bullying but then I think sometimes it's also just uh like people trying to figure out who's on their level of like yeah. say amongst class yeah. banter so but then what's really interesting about like the school example that you gave there is when you get older and like I used to hate it when 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 people would throw that line at me like when you get older so i'm not i i'm going to i'm going to back it up not when you get older like when you just have like more i guess like life experiences around that stuff um it it often not always but it often turns out that like either it doesn't matter as much or something that that was like commented on in a in that you perceived in a negative way turns out being a more of a positive thing because 
I'm also hairy as fuck. I got like Middle Eastern yes, back. Uh, that's so, why I related so, to you, right? <laughs> well, so so I used to I used to um like with previous girlfriends be really self-conscious about it because one of my girlfriends a while back, like I think I was 18, 19, just didn't like didn't like hair on a guy. It's just like Dumpo. wasn't wasn't um <laughs> yeah, no, just like wasn't uh, just didn't like it for whatever reason. Uh but like then dating girls after that, like the more experience, I guess, around it. So it's not, not, not that I'm older. It's more just dated different girls with different experiences that like a lot of girls get a kick out of that. And then it also depends where you are. Like, fuck, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been to Israel a couple of times. Everybody in Israel is hairy as fuck. Yeah. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like in Dubai it'd be the same thing. It, <laughs> like it, it's it's weird with India with thing with yeah they do like that, but this weird thing where so Bollywood is quite I don't know if you've heard about Bollywood. Yeah. Um, so Bollywood's quite big where you can actually see in the 70s and 80s the hair I don't know if it was in the West as well, the hair was quite the you know you know the facial the fa- not the facial hair the you know like in the chest you know in the sense scheme you, that was considered attractive yeah but as we like 90s the 2000s the time it became more the gym body the less of the dad boards the more mm. clean cut and all so it's the sense scheme and the two most popular two most biggest cinema in two most biggest films of the cinemas in the world are bollywood and hollywood it's the indian mm. cinema bollywood scene and of course the american one so in the sense that the media also plays quite a big role in the sense that the TV show that you're watching, the actors, actresses that are coming up, they also kind of like, kind of shape what we consider as the norm. Because yeah. what else is our... So for me, Bollywood was really important because living outside India, you that was your almost like your call to fame in the sense that, yeah, look, India, right? I identify with that. Yeah. Um, so it's that it's that sense key what's around you and what type of media are you watching what type of things mm. do you can what type of content that you consume and now mm. in the modern sense 2021 we can talk about the social media the twitter what type of accounts that you're following that really factors in i feel you can get you can gauge a lot about a person by those instagram accounts that they follow personally yeah i agree i feel not a conversation not a date even yeah. if you go through the instagram feed you can truly yeah. understand maybe get a lot better idea or the twitter feed or whatever or even so i completely agree by by what they're following but even just what's in their bio i think i like a bio has become so indicative of personality i i think like initially bios were like what you maybe have achieved or maybe like what you're doing Whereas now a bio is very much like what you believe in. Uh, it's, it's a... Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. And I completely understand what you're trying to say. It's that sense you need to almost like everything. I don't know if it's political or if it's social, just social issues. I think we've almost, I don't think we need to get it. It's the sense you almost, you feel that you're not doing yourself justice when you put those curves, you, you just put a funny caption. That's why it's a relief when I don't see like a thinky. I'm like, oh, really? So with me, my caption is, I don't know what the fuck is my caption. Like, I don't know if you went through my account or not, but- I did, but I, I, did, I, don't, I didn't take note of what your caption was. But, um, so literally I was, it was 4.30 in the morning. 
I was a little uh, sleepy and I came up with yeah. this. Okay. Expect random conversations. This is seriously on my thing. Expect random conversations and wholesome content with a sprinkle of seriousness to it. That's what that's we're funny. doing, isn't it? That's, of course. That's what my that's what that's that's my identity of mine. And Actually. you really don't need to think. And I love the fact that when everyone has these things that this issue, this issue, best that people just have a link to the bio. <laughs> like, all right, but you know, you really want to be. Unfortunately, I think, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, um, there's a there's a thing I heard somebody say once. Do you have thoughts or do thoughts have you? And I think it's very interesting because it trends to the to the again, I, I don't like I don't like it when, when people have said it to me in the past. So I won't say it. So I'm not gonna say like older or younger. I'm just gonna say based on on like experience. No, I think you um, can. Age like, plays a big role. I think older, younger doesn't play a role. I like yes, but I also know some like fucking self-aware 16-year-olds. So Shut like, not in a creepy way, like but like the, the, um, the compassion is a very good thing. Like it's, it's, it's admirable to be compassionate. Um, but it's also, I don't think it's, it's as admirable like worldwide to be realistic. So, um, there's a clash and like the less experiences that people have had in the real world, the compassion um, overrules their, the realistic nature of, of life. I, Having said that. Yeah, I have these having, two quotes that I want to tell you. I don't this is a perfect, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, mate. But, no, 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 do it, do it, do it. So I, I, so I really started watching a lot of Jordan Peterson when I had COVID. So it was literally you and Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson I was binging, which is fucking the extremes mm. am i right <laughs> the okay. variety okay. um yeah I, um so i don't know if you've heard of who jo- i think do you know who jordan peterson is yes i do yeah, yeah. so he had this go he, he went on the bill maher show okay. and he said this really interesting like he got famous because the thing with canada is like they have these pronouns they've almost instead in the constitution that if someone identifies with the pronouns you have to call them by that and yes. there was an issue with, I don't oh. want to get into that. So yeah. he had, he said this really profound thing where, I don't know, I don't know if you agree with this or not. In order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. Yeah. And that like, when he said that, I had to like, it was just like, you know, like how the, how Dr. Strange has this thing where like when that, when the woman puts her hand on you, you go through like seven things. And you come back. <laughs> it was that moment for me, where like yes. I had a Doctor Strange moment, where like you went to like seven. You, it was so deep that it almost like kind of caused like a malfunction in my brain. You're like, holy yeah. shit, this is so true. And then Bill Mayer had a really interesting comeback to it, where he's like, for me, like for me, all of it, all of this is just common knowledge, but it's the elevation of sensitivity over truth. It's the elevation of sensitivity over truth. And he was saying sense, that he was saying that in what as in like in the context sense. of in the context he we they were talking about how how John Peterson got famous how you know people were calling him Nazis and people were kind of because he wasn't calling a certain group of people their pronouns so people almost it was just thinking you don't care about us or you're this you're transphobic all these 
names that they were burning. And I was just like, I want, I was just saying the truth. And that's where he uh, he comes back to it, where Will May has been quite the controversial. He's known for his quite powerful views, and he's always been quite funny. And but it's a sense he, it's really interesting where we see the woke culture and the cancel culture, which is funny to me. Because to be honest, Darren, for, we've been canceling people for centuries. The difference is we just had them killed. That's it, right? Yeah. We, we literally yeah. canceled them. We fucking yeah. literally canceled them. <laughs> now, yeah. I think the best comparison, like in the in the past, you know, if you did, if you fucked up, you know, you were executed. Now the execution is getting like what thousand retweets. That's an execution in today's world. Yeah, and and I I mentioned I mentioned this in one of my podcasts recently that like yeah back in the days of like the medieval times the the town jester or Lewis. like is the, it the one with Lewis? Yes, yes. Um, that that person makes jokes uh, to the royals, to the kings and stuff. And if that person makes a joke that the king doesn't like, the king kills him. And that was normal back then. So like, yeah, I completely agree. We've always, we've always had cancel culture. Um, I think the reasoning kind of shifts around like, or, or maybe like the people with the power, sorry, no, the people with the power shifts, yeah. but like often it's related to jokes, but not always. Um, and, and uh, I, sorry, no, well, I, I, sorry, I come at it more from this, this point of view of like, if it's related to jokes, I'm I'm a lot more like sympathetic around it because the intention was made to laugh. Of course, but like, yeah. but like maybe maybe there are certain instances where people should get cancelled. Maybe I don't 100%. know. Hundred percent. I mean, to be honest, this all started with Harvey Weinstein, right? With the the Me Too thing. Yeah. That's where it was. I'm mean, because you know, he was kind of a scumbag, right? <laughs> there were he was a scumbag. Right. And well, what happens is, I, I, it's really interesting to see its interpretation in different fields where the minute it starts and how it's being interpreted in the medical field, it's getting in, in the foundry, it's getting in corporations and how their responses to it. In politics, it's this weird thing, it's this trend that started off for a good reason, for a good cause, yeah. and how mm. it manifests itself into different ways. And I think that's beautiful. Mm. And I th- and not beautiful, not the wrong word. But I think that's just really interesting to just observe. And I don't know if people observe that or not. It's almost become normal, the cancel culture, the woke culture. It's become part of a dictionary. It's, it's in the fucking dictionary. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, I think I think people people uh, I think people often learn from from watching. I mean, that's what babies do. Where they babies download basically the world going on around them and then they they do what they see and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think especially online um online everybody's a bad actor uh for the most part like they they see things happen and then they go oh well if i do that i can do it too that's why especially like in the in the comedy realm on youtube a lot of things are like scripted i scripted one of my like most popular videos because i because like i I was was it was bad was it yeah the april fool's one it was bad acting because i kind of knew i had an idea i had an intuition that from people like you know a lot of the stuff online actually that's a good example let's use that as an example a lot of the stuff online uh when you search uber on youtube was like sensational sensationalist stuff um uber drivers getting strangled robbed uh, like held at gunpoint all this kind of stuff so i was like all right i'll do that on april fools 
Um, it'll be like a prank on my audience. And then at the end, I'll say April Fool's, blah, blah, blah. But I was just doing what like I think a lot of cancel culture does uh, in the sense that they see that if something happens, they can get attention. Yeah. I think a lot yeah. of the time, like they're, they're seeking attention. It's like a cry for, for that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's just a bunch of bad actors a lot of the time. Not always, but a lot of the time. I think attention is the new currency, and especially in the social media world. It is a form of currency. It, it literally makes you rich. Like if you see financially, in the sense that you start when you have eyeballs on you, people take notice. When people take notice of you, yeah. brands take notice, advertisers take notice. And I'm talking about the social media world. Maybe as you grow more and more, maybe you might see the sense that as you grew larger, your following grew larger. And I think I can see that in a side where two years, so I literally went through all 140 videos of you during the, like in seven days, like I went through 140 videos, I was watching like 20 videos a day. I had nothing fucking better to do. And this is weird. Yeah, man. Thank you for that again. I think I, I, I... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you, we spoke about that, how your journey for two, three years back, that how people treated you. And then when you started getting famous on TikTok, and then when people start recognizing, and I'm really, I, I want to come, I think that segues beautifully into an explore. Was how was it when people start recognizing you? That random on the streets, you're driving, and then suddenly, like, <laughs> you're the guy from TikTok. Yeah. So how was that particular like? It's it's better. I actually I don't know if I included this in the podcast that I had with Lewis, but he said it, and it, and it just it, it was an alarm bell for me. It made so much sense. He's like it's someone recognizing you in person from like the work you've done, all the videos that you've made online is better than a million views. And it's like, 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 yeah, like a, like a million views is such an achievement. It's such a arbitrary thing, but everyone's like that, that million number is such an, it's, it's such an achievement, but then somebody recognizing you in the street, like that's, it's just validation at a unicorn level. Uh, so like, yeah, it's very, very nice. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm lucky in the sense that because I get energy from people, like for the most part, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert that I really enjoy it. So if somebody recognizes me on the street, I feel like a lot of the time, not always, a lot of the time I can match the energy because I am excited too. Uh, but it's, it's, it's wild. And it also changes. It's changed a, like my videos a lot um, because majority of the people that I pick up are 18 to 25 ish people my age people my age yeah yeah I think the the best extreme I could really talk about I'm sorry for butting you and actually no I feel kind of bad cutting you off <laughs> no, no 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 finish your train of thought I was pretty much done no no finish your train of thought so it's really for me it's fascinating with I think you can really understand like do you think you've got a little really a sense of community like the type of community or the type of people or you, do you think you understand people a lot better since you've started for new rights where you're bringing you're t- kind of like talking to a variety of people from different social strata from different economic strata different people's mm-hmm. job you know you have from all the way from the rich to the uh, to the poor to, to the middle class and for me i found really interesting is you were ta- you're taking people you know for let's say a booty call or you all the way from you can be you can be kind of taking people uh, to for, from for the first first ever i remember you had to post a video where they were going clubbing for the first time they just turned 18 and i'm like 
kids and then you could be taking a couple <laughs> and then you could be taking maybe um i remember i was just i just watched it to be i kind of like rewatched the videos today as well where you kind of like maybe uh taking you're almost you're the uber driver right and you people kind of almost like confess things that they would never talk to anyone else and i think that's where the fascination of your youtube channel comes mm. where mm. it's the fact that these conversations which we have with our friends but when it's someone you don't know you're almost like fuck it like it's not like they're going to tell anyone right so i think i find that no no finish finish the question no 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 i find that really interesting so what do you think about that like i think um i think there are there are only a few i guess i don't know like profession professions or instances or things that you that we do uh where we're just like put in front of strangers uh regularly i was saying this to my barber a couple months ago i was like because he's him and like a group of them i, I love getting my hair cut at this one place because they're, they're all just like so friendly they're so like funny as hell they all have banter with each other and they all chat with their customers a lot and um the my my barber knows that i do like these videos and he he was like we should do the same thing here like at the at the at the barbershop and i was like 100% because it's the it's the Yo, exact that is same insane. that would be amazing oh get your barber the, on the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> it it's the exact same premise it's meetings in fact it's even better because you see it you see the person every 6 to 8 weeks or however often you get a haircut so there'd be story arcs and like you know you catch up but like you know so that's another example um anybody i mean sure it's being done already at some i'm not aware of it but if anybody has that idea like freaking run with it because i would love to watch that myself like i think i think the opportunity to meet strangers uh is such a for some people it's so scary and for some people it's so intimidating so then if you can watch somebody do it in the setting that i guess i am or like maybe a barber uh it kind of brings it down to earth that like it it is it's very doable and it's and it's uh it's a, it's a setting where anybody can meet somebody so like i think um i think uh it's it yeah i don't know i think it's special that that's why i do it that's why i love it <laughs> no that it is special right it doesn't it, it is really i'm i'm going to just going to be calling dazza at this point it is special <laughs> because it's again it comes back to trust and intimacy your hair is one of the most intimate parts of your body right so you letting him touch your hair really means that there's a sense of trust between you and okay. i understand how important you, you know your hair is to you you know so okay and the sense key that when you touch your hair when you are you are automatically it's a bit like uber thing where it you know within 2 3 minutes whether you're going to vibe with this guy or not and if you don't you just shut you make sure that this guy just doesn't fuck up your hair same with an uber yeah. thing where if if you have a good chat you know it makes a journey 10 times better but if it doesn't which i think majority of your trips are just make sure you get reach the decision i'm talking from the passenger's perspective maybe from your perspective so you might consider this thing where you're like all right if you have a conversation you're like all right good i can i can do that but if they just want the silent you know just drop me to a place you can do that as well it all yeah. comes back to trust and again intuition your gut feeling of how is that person someone i can talk with and i think that's a beautiful thing it kind of connects back to like school in sense ki uh, are you at my level can uh, i vibe with you at that level uh, so, 
and that's why if you see a lot of the times do like do you have the sense key do you do you see do you like initiate the conversation or do you let the person maybe initiate the conversation no i i uh i don't want to say i never but i almost never initiate conversation i always like probably like overly friendly uh initially but i never uh initiate conversation unless they do so that's why a lot of conversation a lot of trips are just spent in silence yeah, uh because that's majority of the night that's majority yeah 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 um so uh yeah if they if they're open to talking it's i think that's you know i, I was thinking about this a while back i think that's a a, a a big reason why the people on the channel or the people that eventually make it to the channel have the energy that they have because a lot of and i think that's also i make no apology for this but i think that's also why some people can get a misrepresentation of what uber driving or what the whole thing is like um, from that because it is a certain type of person who's like often a little bit more bubbly or like or drunk uh, yeah yeah mostly and not else. which which we which we both know which with anybody knows that like that's just not how everybody is um but yeah it's it's very special i mean like there's there's even people like that go to town centers or universities and um uh approach strangers often there's like cheesy pickup line things but often but sometimes it can also be like uh you know asking questions or that kind of stuff is um i think it's watched by a particular type of person and a lot of the time it's watched i think by by people that um are somewhat seeking that out they 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 often want some level of uh, like connection yeah let's leave it broad they want some level of connection whether it's human or or some sort of intimacy and it doesn't have to be sexual um and i think like everybody wants that but every but some people want that more at certain stages of their life than others and i think the reason why a majority of my audience is probably guys you know in that 19 to 22 23 year old bracket is it is a very, it is a very like after that transition from high school and like making either friends or um, seeking out relationships in the stages after that, um, it can be like, it can be pretty tough. Um, I think that's, that's where a lot of it comes from. Does that, any, does, does any of that like relate to you? Yes and no, but again, culturally, right. I, maybe mm. most of your demography. I'm from India. I bet, like, I'll be there. Be like, I'm one of the few people who are actually watching you from India. But uh, there's a couple. No, there's a couple. couple. Yes, sir. Yeah. we have again. That's why you can never get away from Indians, right? So <laughs> we're fucking everywhere. We're everywhere. There's a lot of you. There's over a billion of you. There's a billion. One point two. Come on, come on. Yeah. Um, so you forget the extra two hundred million. So um. It is true. I think culturally it makes a difference over like how the, because everyone's transition from high school is different. Everyone's consideration of what high school is and what the university and the importance of university. But you you hit it right on the spot where it is that sense of relatability where you're talking about dick jokes, right? We've almost kind of like outlawed dick jokes in the sense. Kids, and as you said, dick jokes will always be funny, however old you get. And I think you had said this one of the lines. However old you, you'll always laugh at a dick or a fart joke. 
तो इट इज सेंस की यू आर रेडी टू मेक दोस जोक्स यू रेडी टू बी क्रिंज यू रेडी टू नॉट पुट ऑन अ शो बट यू रेडी टू बी योरसेल्फ राइट दैट्स व्हाई पीपल एंड द फैक्ट इज दैट सेम थिंग शोस दैट दैट एक्सेसिबिलिटी इज शोन थ्रू योर सोशल मीडिया एज़ वेल वेयर यू कैन यू डू इंस्टाग्राम लाइव्स विद नॉट ओनली यू डोंट ओनली डू इट विद लाइक स्टेफ और फीबी यू डू इट विद रैंडम पीपल योर यू आई रिमेंबर यू डिड अ थिंग वेयर समवन जस्ट शॉट एंड टाइप बी अ थिंग with you yeah. or just walking yeah. you you just being normal as someone who that thing is people are kind of like i have a feeling people kind of see their how, kind of like living are living their celebrity life style i wouldn't call you celebrity but living their their fantasy of what they would do if they were famous if you understand mm. what i'm trying to say when now mm. that you achieved a certain level of fame you know you know fame, mm. you know people are always relate in the sense ki that's what i would do if i was famous mm. that's what i would do i want to be that normal i want to be that relatable that's what the term relatability comes why do we consider why do we say that that person is out of touch because that person forgets where he comes from and that's mm. and i can see say from a lot of my content i'm not going for the big youtubers you're the first person i'm getting on a certain level all of the, if you saw my i got my grandmom on my granddad on mm. i got my elder brother and i've gotten people I've, i haven't spoken to in 3 4 years i've gotten people who matter to me in my who played a weird role in my life but since ki i'm kind of curious to really and the thing is the best thing about a podcast is you truly don't know someone unless you've spoken to them for two and a half hours and they are, then they really want you to end the zoom meeting <laughs> 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 that and yeah, i think yeah it's it's actually very true and even even in in what you're saying there um i've so i've i've recently like started this new podcast uh and that's that's quite a bit of like my mentality around this like i i am i am uh personally like starting to make friends with more people that work in the space uh and it's nice to like connect with them and there are some that i vibe with that um i'll invite on the podcast but like a big part of it is also uh like the intention is also like i want to have my dad on and i want to have like yeah. like i guess just people that i find interesting in the same way that you uh, i only do that yeah that's yeah that, that's well yeah yeah that, yeah no like that that's uh i i get what you mean where especially on youtube and like a lot of youtubers that i've watched over the years where you start watching them and they can have a following and everything but they there's a story arc and a lot of the time the, it arcs out of being relatable um Yeah, if I ever hit that, please message me and just be like, "Darren, you're fucking up." Because that's the oh, I will, brother. Uh, I will trust me. I will definitely tell you, brother. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, mate? And <laughs> the thing, you will see that she and are you scared of that though? Does is that something that comes in the thought in sense? Ki do you do you feel that the reason why you are relatable is that just you being you, or do you kind of? try to make sure okay, i don't want i try to make sure, I, you don't want to kind of lose touch with the people you know you don't want to be oh look at that uber the famous uber driver or you just want to be like i'm kind of, i'm one of you right i'm i'm just a normal bloke it's funny cuz like everything everything and everyone has a story arc uh and you can't force anything so like whatever i turn into <laughs> whatever i no no as i turn into whatever i like mature into, into i'm talking about, i'm turning <laughs> i'm talking about, 
like 20 years down the line, because I know I'm going to be doing this for a long time because I really enjoy it. Um, whatever it molds into, I think would only ever be more exposing of who I truly am. I think that, like my, my interpretation of that's what fame does to people. I think, I don't think it changes people. I think it just exposes them more to like the, the, uh, the, the most uh, emotional version of themselves. Yeah. Um, most, most of the time, most of the time. Um, so I think, look, hey man, it's credit to my, my, my parents. Um, because I, I, I'm sure there's stuff that I'm going to do that's going to upset people at some stage. It has to. Um, but like on the relatability piece, I don't, I don't know, it's a really hard question to answer, man. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd ever like regret being who I am. That's, I think that that's what, and I feel and that's why people love you, right, Darren? I'm sorry to be a fucking fan girl at this point, but that's why people like you because you're just normal, right? You make the jokes that, that thing, you're not polished. You, you don't have that sense of polish. You have amazing editing. That's one of the thank best you. editing I've seen of, ever. Wow, but, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you still have that rawness of, you're, st- you're not putting on a show, right? It's not scripted. Your thing is not scripted, right? And so you made a joke on it being scripted and people took a real, People took, like people. I think you were saying that people actually thought you got like, you know, mugged or something. And so I guess it does come into that part of whether it's where you know the where the where the relatability stand comes. Do you wanna again? You know, Dan. The thing is, you know it yourself whether you're going you're genuine or not. Whether the thing that you're posting is genuine or not. And that's the thing. Yeah. Is, you're the you're the first judge before anyone else. You know, exactly. you're your biggest critic, but you're also your biggest <laughs> PR machine. That's how Correct. I would look at it. And I think the last I want to come to the last part of this podcast. And I don't know. I don't. I I I I was all whenever I watch when I was watching your videos. I'm always curious to know one thing. Which I don't know if anyone's asked you this, but what motivates you to be even better? What motivates you to be, okay, what just motivates you to do better or to make better videos or just to improve yourself? Hmm. Um, take your time, take your time, trust me. I think, I think, um, There's a level of of uh, I, I, no as, as, in a, in a, in the most simple answer failure, um, but I don't mean that in the sense that I don't want to fail. Um, I mean the sen- that in the sense that I feel like I've actually failed on number of occasions, not like worldwide colossal fail and everything's crashing and burning. But I think this thing of failure, appreciating what doesn't work or didn't work and then not scrapping it not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, failing at something doing a bad job and then iterating it trying it again because i i uh, i do i definitely do and my and people in my circles and my family and my friends they've um they've told me that i'm can be very very hard on myself and um, I think that's just a very common trait. 
but I think something that's helped me deal with that being hard on myself piece is appreciating that like uh if I really enjoy doing something and I do a bad job, it's not a reason to not do it again. Um, it's actually more of a reason to do it again. So between between you and me now, like this whole like aspiring photographer thing that I'm like, it's like an ongoing, <laughs> fucking it's amazing. An it's so <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's an ongoing meme that I've got going at like with my audience at the moment, and it's really fun and it's dumb. But there's like I've it's actually quite thought out because um, there are going to be like iterations to this where it starts off with, yeah, I'm, I'm taking shitty photos. Um, but the, what it's going to mold into is this whole thing of keep taking those shitty photos until they're better. Keep taking, keep, um, keep continue trying your best until it works out. Right. Even yeah, if you and- feel it's about, it's about getting that one perfect chance. It's about not only learning from your lesson, but also, knowing how to like eat shit pretty much or not. not yes. to, yeah. Yeah. Because that, that does motivate me because I, I, I see these things or I talk to people and I acknowledge these dreams or these things that I want, that I really, really want. And so many people in my circles have similar dreams. Everybody has these massive outlandish dreams, but then they started and, and, and stopped after failing the first time so that that very much is like my my motivation it's like whatever you do just just keep iterating just keep doing a bad job and iterating so that that that's like my 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 motivation in, in a nutshell i think that's beautiful man and i think that's a beautiful way to end this podcast as well because there's a sense key we've not only covered everything but I think that's that's what it boils down to. You've I don't think I've heard you ever tell you what your true motivation is, and I've done like a distinct amount of research on you. Like, like to be honest, like, it's kind of unhealthy. If you see my tab, it's just like Darren Levy, Darren Levy, Darren Levy, Darren Levy. <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest, I know quite a bit about your life, guys. It's a bit, it's a bit of at this point. A nervous laughs and drinks for two, and <laughs> but. Yeah, it is. With now, because uh, with me, that's it's you. Usually, I am not someone who really looks up to people except my parents or in the like the celebrity standards. But with you, it is almost an emotional connection. Like I feel like I'm in front of you. I feel like I think that's what a lot of people do. But for me, it was unforeseen circumstances. I got tested with pox. I tested with I got tested with COVID. And... Mm. I don't know. It's it was like a blessing, man. That and that's what I say is, in the sense that people like that are just they are things that are just meant to be. Like it is not. It, it can't be a coincidence that I got COVID and the next day I find your channel. Of course, algorithm and YouTube helps. But yeah. it's just like one door shuts and another door opens. Exactly so, right. That's I, what I, I I um, it took me what like twenty two or twenty three years to to appreciate what you've appreciated in 19 there because it was only after this it was only like the big turning points in my life it was when I um came out of like my first like major relationship I was dating this girl for about two years loved it a bit and it ended not in the way that I would have liked it to end and um it was out of that and like the opportunities that came shortly after that from like being in a good 
place mentally it took time yeah. um but this whole thing of like things not happening to you rather they happen for you for you um and and yeah but but it only works out that way if you have like the maturity and the and the uh the openness to do so and which i mean like that's that's testament to what you just said before so like congrats on having that strong mindset yeah um i think that's a beautiful way of ending i just want to talk to you for three four minutes often then you know sure sure